Welcome to the Anxiety Slayer series. Our mission is to assist you with creating more peace and tranquility in your life through anxiety release exercises and supportive tools created to slay your anxiety. Today's Anxiety Slayer podcast is brought to you by the Anxiety Slayer Academy. We've been offering a free podcast for seven years now to help anyone suffering with anxiety find relief. Now we want to help you go deeper by providing step-by-step support on how you can get the best experience from our favorite tools and techniques for overcoming anxiety. Learn more about the Anxiety Slayer Academy at anxietyslayer.com forward slash support. Welcome back to Anxiety Slayer. I'm Shan Vanderleek here with my friend and brilliant partner, Ananga Sevier. We enjoy coming together weekly on Skype to share Anxiety Slayer sessions with you and answer listener questions from our inbox and Facebook page. Together, Ananga and I share a powerful collection of techniques to reduce anxiety. Today's conversation will be about four joy-crushing habits to let go of now. Hey, Ananga, welcome back. Hi, Shen. Always a pleasure to share time with you and, and to uh, put together new Anxiety Slayer podcasts and episodes. And this one is really speaks to my heart because it's so important for us to let joy in and to identify what might be causing us to not feel so joyful. And today we get to really zero in on that. Yeah, this is the chance to spend some time in awareness and self-care and do a little bit of weeding in the garden of our mind and looking out for things that might be snagging us and making us feel more stressed and feeling a little low. The first joy-crushing habit is equating stuff with happiness. And you see this everywhere. When I get my new car, when I get my new computer, when I get my new phone, when I have a new wardrobe, it goes on and on and on. I'll be happy. But then we notice over time, at least it's been the case that I have and I think that you have, that after we acquire that stuff, uh, it's just a matter of a few days or more that, that it just kind of seems like it's always been there and it's no longer a big deal. Material things do not equal happiness. Now, we can enjoy them. And certainly there are many material things that I love having around me. I love having a big vase of flowers in front of me right now. but. The stuff doesn't equal the joy. No, it doesn't. And then once you have one item and it doesn't give you what you thought you needed, then you fall prey to the advertising or the lure of the next one and the next one and the next one. And Ayurveda teaches that the reason for this is that we become over-stimulated and our senses get pulled outwards. Ideally, our senses should be bringing us nourishment and directing our attention inwards, which is what happens when we get out in nature and we engage our senses in natural beauty, sights, smells, sounds. That helps us feel grounded and settled and more peaceful. In Ayurveda, that's called a more sattvic state, a more peaceful state where the mind feels calm and it's not indecisive and it's not being pulled around. But when we are getting fixated with our senses, pulling our attention outwards, we become ungrounded and disturbed. And it's very hard then to rein them in and we start looking at this thing and that thing and hoping that they're going to give us some temporary relief. And there's a really nice wisdom teaching from the Bhagavad Gita on this, a, a verse that reads, 
as a boat on the water is swept away by a strong wind, even one of the senses on which the mind focuses can carry away a man's intelligence. And I think that's where we have that saying, there but for the grace of God, go I. On a bad day, one sense getting snagged on one thing can really pull us off course and make us feel very ungrounded. And we lose the wisdom of our higher intelligence and our higher direction. So the Vedas caution us that our five senses are pulling us all over the place. We want what we see, we want what we hear, and the only people that that's good for are the advertising agencies. They really know how to make this work. And today, more than ever, we're flooded with things to want, things to taste, things to buy, things to do, games to play. You go to check out on your friends on Facebook, and you've got so many games and diversions and different things coming up and up, and we get driven crazy by it. We become overwhelmed. The senses become overwhelmed. I read somewhere, and I can't, uh, I can't tell you the source because it's, it's been a while, but that the average number of advertisements or brand exposures that each individual sees per day is more than 5,000 messages. And that's a huge amount of information coming at us across all of our screens. Yeah, what do you do with that? How do you even begin to process? And we can't, but then when we go to bed or we go to sit down, these things start coming up in our head, the dross that we've picked up that's around us coming in from, you know, the, the radio, the screens. Usually these days it's screens, so much stuff coming at us from screens. And you go to close your eyes and you get little hints of bits and pieces here and there. And the more that happens, the the less settled we feel. And then very often because we're used to living like that, we'll grab a screen and go on it to divert ourselves. But instead of diverting ourselves, we're just giving our senses more stuff to have to take in and process. So Ayurveda really recommends that we rein the senses in with our breath, put the screens down, turn the radio off, have a media break and get out in nature and just play that game that we often talk about of using your senses for healing. Tell me five things I can see five things I can hear, five things I can smell, five things I can feel, and just really use your senses in nature to drink in the colors and sounds and sensations around you, and that becomes a much more grounding healing practice. It sure does. The other piece that we talk about a lot is how you can rein your mind and and senses in with your breath. It's why we share so many breathing techniques and breathing exercises. Yeah, the, the rate of thoughts flowing through our mind is directly connected to our breath. So when we're breathing shallow and we're distracted, our mind's in an agitated state, it's in a stirred up state. And when we take a few moments to breathe consciously, bringing our full awareness to our breath and listening to the breath, observing it, feeling it, then that's another way of just bringing our attention inwards and it's kind of like a regroup, a personal regroup where you you stop all your energy being scattered externally and you gather it in and use your breath to breathe steadily and slowly and then your thoughts begin to calm down too. The other area that makes a whole lot of sense, if you find that you are scattered and we can all become hooked on the loop of Facebook and cell phone and YouTube and Twitter and all of these social medias, 
if you if you find that you're all over the place and you're starting to feel overwhelmed, like everything's too much, antidote the material. You've talked about this for you know many years. Is that practice mindful reading on spiritual topics, feed your mind with uplifting thoughts, replace the information that's coming in that you didn't necessarily ask for with something that is more focused and nourishing and nurturing to your spirit. Yeah. Upgrading the information that's coming in. Yeah. Making conscious choices with what our senses are bringing into the mind. Very helpful and really important. I've noticed that uh, recently with all of the political positioning and all of the political ads and that are happening in the States right now, there's so much mean spirited conversation. And I'll take Facebook, for example, if I see negative postings, I will unfollow immediately Mm. because I don't, I don't need that. I don't need a group of people or an individual being mean spirited, you know, that doesn't do my heart any good. Actually, it makes me, makes me feel sad. And I think that that kind of dovetails beautifully into the, the second joy crushing behavior, and that's giving power to those who aren't your well-wishers. So if you are exposed to somebody who isn't very kind or who is constantly negative, and you worry at all about what they might think about your choices and your values, then you're giving your power away. Yeah, it's a very uh, unpleasant situation to be in. We've already got our inner critic nagging away in our own head, and if if the inner critic's getting, you know, riled up by external critics as well, and it it becomes really uncomfortable and exhausting, unhappy place to be. A good check for this is if you find yourself repeatedly justifying your choices and values. It means that you're not spending time with somebody that you feel safe and comfortable to be yourself with. And also, if you're feeling like you're not enough, or you're looking for additional validation, even from those who are not your well-wishers. As Brene Brown says, it's not the critic who counts. Yeah, I really love her sound bites. She speaks beautifully on empathy and really offers great understanding in us being able to be okay. She talks about courage coming from the Latin core, which means heart. She says courage is a heart word. So it takes some courage to filter. It's easy enough to filter out your Facebook feed. But as you said, that that same principle, we need to apply that throughout our life. It's okay to step back from those who aren't our well-wishers change our investment in time and energy with that personal situation. And the fourth joy-crushing habit that needs to be addressed today is waiting for the good or ideal circumstances to happen. And as you and I know, Ananga, waiting for the future robs us of the present moment. It robs us of today, of right now, of what's happening right now under our feet. We don't, I mean, it becomes so easy for us to wait to say, when I retire, when I pay off the mortgage, when I lose weight, 
when I get a promotion, when I win the lottery, and it goes on and on and on. When those things happen, I'll be happy. And what we'd like to say is, no, live now, live fully now and deeply now and do the best you can with what you already have and where you are right now. Yeah, really important. Otherwise, we're just deferring life. We're existing. We're not living. And it's very important to do the best you can. I think my challenges with uh, chronic illness have been really good training for me in that regard, although it was a 10-year stint before it started to improve. It's still there, but grateful to say much, much better than it was. But it, the reason in mention, mentioning the duration is it took me a long time to get it. For the first few years, I was just stuck in bed feeling very confused and very sad that there were things I couldn't do and things that I felt, yes, sometimes I felt I was missing out and sometimes I just felt that I wasn't contributing. And the sense of not contributing was always there to a greater or lesser degree. But one thing I really learned was that you can have a rich life internally. You can still meditate. You can still really be there for your friends on the end of a phone, even if you can't be there in person. And there's are still days when you can be very creative and when you can, you know, in our case, record albums or do some writing or offer some support to somebody. So rather than getting caught on the snag of when will I feel better, when will I be able to do this or do that, don't let that rob you of what you can do today because there's always something you can do. And you are such an incredible role model for that. When I think about the, the seven years that we've been creating Anxiety Slayer together, a big part of that time, you weren't as well as you are now, but yet you were able to show up. We were able to show up for an hour in a session. We were able to show up. Uh, you were able to you know, create music in your studio, or you were able to create a new program with the spaciousness you needed. We always joke about one of the reasons why we're still together and still creating this podcast is because we allow for life to completely infuse this offering. You know, if we need time off, we take time off. If, if one person isn't feeling well, then the other one steps in or we, we figure things out and, and that allows us to continue. And, and so I think that in that way, uh, your personal experience and our collective experience as, as the business that we have, it really shows that you can get a, a whole lot accomplished and do a lot of beautiful things in the world. They just, they might not come together as quickly as, as somebody who is well, but um, you make the best of, of where you're at. And that reminds me of uh, my very, very favorite quote in the world that I have to share. And it's by Lao Tzu. And it is, be content with what you have. Rejoice in the way things are. When you realize there is nothing lacking, the whole world belongs to you. Mm. I think these are very good thoughts to to meditate on. It's so easy to get snagged on the on the stumbling blocks and the things that we feel we can't do, and then we become disempowered and we become easily confused and unhappy. But when you stick with with what you can do, then you really are in a better place. Thank you so much for listening to Anxiety Slayer. We hope you found this episode supportive. And if you like what you've heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share our podcast with a friend or give us some stars and a favorable review at iTunes. Thanks, Ananga.
Anxiety Slayer has been offering a free podcast for more than six years. Now we want to help you go deeper by providing step-by-step -step support on getting the best experience from our favorite tools and techniques for overcoming anxiety. Are you ready to take action against your anxiety? Enroll in the Anxiety Slayer Academy now and you can get started today. Visit anxietyslayer.com forward slash support.